not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Oh, another resource for information and the latest news is the Edie Bellis Twitter handle, uh, at America's Canary. The canary in the coal mine, you'll see their little logo, the yellow canary. That is what that organization does, keeps up with all of the changes for you so you can focus on running your business online at edbellisinc.com. And we're going to take a moment here, folks, to uh, look at a a historical uh, thing that happened here on July 11th, 2016. President Obama, the first U.S. president, actually uh, publishing a journal article, Alan, which is is I think is a pretty difficult process to to get your uh, to it get is. through that you have to get yes. it peer reviewed by a bunch of different people yes and uh, I was told and read that it was not peer reviewed which is this fine. was I mean, not n- nobody's gonna and I looked at all the cite citations and I'm not gonna you know dispute any of them but I will dispute some of the analysis just because of my own personal experience traveling and talking to individuals talking to businesses. Some of the things that they're telling me don't necessarily line up with what he's telling me. But first of all, I'll ask your reaction, Alan, and then we'll dive in here to uh, going through these five sections uh, of the law. And, folks, you can check out my analysis of this. I'm almost done just putting up my finishing touches, so we'll have it on the website, Health Reform Explained, this Monday. You can find my analysis uh, in the pen uh, on this. But, Alan, uh, what did you think of it when you saw it? Well, I— you know, I go back to we were talking about the peer review piece of it. Mm-hmm. The JAMA editor in chief, Howard Bachner, said that this article or this uh, re scholarly article went through two months of fact checking, multiple edits, and revisions. So take it for what you want on that piece. Um, I found it very interesting. I disagree with a lot of his assessments in uh, this article. Um, he still calls for a public option in it, um, which I completely disagree with. And being a free market person, I think that I would completely disagree with a uh, public option in any way. Um, But it is refreshing to see that he's trying to justify what he's done on health care over the last seven plus years. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is his signature domestic achievement that mm-hmm. this is a achie- his achievement yeah this, if, if you want to call it that yeah uh, some people do some people don't i think the jury's still out personally but let's take some m- couple minutes here folks to break down uh some of the things it starts with a with a context and an introduction and uh in the introduction he really lays out kind of the major pieces in favor of uh, of of national health reform, and this kind of takes us back to 2008, 2009, maybe even before that. 
talking about how costs, healthcare costs affecting the economy, the federal budget, and everybody, uh, every single person's financial well-being. We've <laughs> nothing new, and that we would disagree with that. And then he launches into talking about when he first took office and some of the the things that that caused him to do this. Remember the the Affordable Care Act is almost like a cat. It had it has to have had nine lives at, at this point. At least nine lives. It really does if you look at how many times it has survived going it survived the congressional process. It survived the the, the fact that the public was so mad at the house version that they blew up the switchboard in the United States Capitol cuz so many people were calling in and it shut Took down. It down. Mm-hmm. And, and and other things and anyways he breaks breaks down those things about how healthcare is is it's one in sixth of our economy so it's a massive problem and one point one out of seven americans in 2008 did not have insurance and so we've talked about this on, on the future or in the, in the past on the show that giving people insurance was really the fundamental number one major issue in the law i mean that's one section of the 10 titles but it really is where a lot of the legislative focus went. Right. And then the second part of the ACA, which is the stuff that nobody ever gets to, and it's having a huge impact on providers, which is reforming the, the health care delivery system, that gives a credible amount of authority to the executive branch to really essentially decide how Medicare reimbursement is, is going to be. And I saw an article this week saying that, Healthcare providers have absolutely nothing, no idea what's coming as a result of of this macro legislation, no. which I would I am now calling healthcare reform 2.0 in my opinion because it it changes it so much, and so that's that that that's a separate conversation. But b- back to what he was saying on people having insurance, uh, that was a problem. And so the question is, have we executed well enough for? Uh, the people that put the law together as in do, do we have enough people uh, on there are the numbers working and what we've found at least from the experts that we've talked about that answer would be no there's not enough people signing up and so the first thing that caught my attention alan was in many times he cites all of these new individuals with insurance and the number that they're using is 20 million individuals with insurance and or i don't 25 believe, to be exact yeah and i don't know that we've got that far I don't think we have that many people signed up for the program. And we do know for a fact that last year alone, 1.6 million Americans signed up for a plan but then didn't pay for the rest of the year. So they signed Which up. Which technically doesn't count. Correct. So I, that's my point. So I'm saying they're, they're, they're citing numbers that, that I, I think are, are not all there. Well, I think that you could say that there's you know those numbers are prepaid, prepayment you know, people who go on the website and actually sign up, yeah, but don't just, pay their premium, which is not the way they have counted. They you, can't. They've not counted it like that in the past, and so to come out and say twenty-five million people have signed up for health insurance out of uh, forty-nine million—that's kind of disingenuous in the way they present those numbers. I'm going to quote it right now under. Expanding and improving coverage, quote, the number of uninsured individuals in the United States has declined by 49 million in 2010 to 29 million in 2015. So that's yeah. 20 million yeah. that, they're, that they're looking at. This is by far the largest decline in uninsured rates since the creation of Medicare and Medicaid five decades ago. I'll give you that, that, that argument, but I'm, I'm, my point is 
There aren't 20 million people signed up right now. No, and, and now and that's my point. That's what we've been saying the whole time is, at most, I think the the real number is closer to 11. Yeah, than, it really than 20. is. Like it's not. It's not 20 million, and we're already having problems affording 11 million. Mm-hmm. And look at your co-ops. How many co-ops are another still around? The, another one bit. Another the one dust. bit the dust in Oregon this week, right? The, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, uh, how many insurance providers have to go before this thing gets stopped in its tracks because there are no insurance companies left, only maybe two or three? Quote, early evidence indicates that expanded coverage is improving access to treatment, financial security, and health for the newly insured. Some, but but not all, because we've been talking about how many times have we had people come on the program talking about how unaffordable the deductibles now are. Well, yeah, they've just cost they've just shifted the cost back onto the back of consumers and insurance carriers in the sense that okay, if how how much has medical collections increased? How much has debt collection increased? I, I would be interested to see the numbers on that because if you can't afford it and you go to the doctor and you get stuck with a $5,000 bill and you can't pay it, you know where that bill goes. It goes to a debt collector. Mm -hmm. And if you don't pay them, then they sue you. They sue you. So I would love to see how much this has increased in the uh, debt collections as well as courts are saddled up with medical costs, lawsuits. In the section building on progress to date, uh, talks about uh, more on this delivery system concept, Alan, uh, this delivery system reform, and also what can and should be done to enhance competition in the marketplaces. Well, first of all, there's going to be no marketplaces at this point, especially when the largest insurer of the country, United Healthcare, pulls out of 38 of them. Right. So how do you how do you increase increase those things? Uh, just a rhetorical question. Yeah. Throwing that out there. And the third. Uh, um, he's saying that the marketplaces are working. And then finally he says, although ACA included policies to help address prescription drug costs, they have, uh, especially for approvals of biosimilar drugs, which is like, I believe it's like a generic to uh, uh, for uh, those things. <laughs> that uh, That is uh, something that I, that I would cite. But we do have a caller with a, with a question for us, and I don't want to... Uh, keep rambling on and leave them holding. So who is on the line there, Matt? We've got, uh, I guess we don't have their name, but they do have, have a pretty good question for you that you're not going to want to miss. Before we get that, I'm going to give uh, the final section before we get to this question from, from our caller. Uh, lessons for future policymakers. And this, Alan, is where he brings up the public option and needing that. And just to refresh people's memories, the public option is essentially what eroded any bipartisanship opportunities that were uh, in health care reform. And so right. that's getting reintroduced. And yep. if you actually read it closely, there's plenty of opportunity in the ACA for public option to be to be brought up. I it's mean, they only about forty four hundred words. Yeah. So it's not that hard to read. Yeah, exactly. It's hey, not twenty three hundred pages. <laughs> Greg on America's Healthcare challenge. How's it going today? Uh, Going well, going well. I'm 
I got a question when you're talking about the insurance companies who's going to be left standing, and I wanted to know what happened to Ben Nelson and what insurance company he went to work for. Uh, well, he didn't necessarily go to work for an insurance company. He went to go to in, he went to work for the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. So the Association of Insurance Companies. Well, commissioners. Yeah. Oh, okay. So basically, the guys who regulate the industry. Well, he's done a really good job then, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and uh, don't you think that it's all uh, designed to eliminate in carriers and go to a single payer? At some time or another, the guy, that's what the government plan is, to have a, just a single-payer system. <laughs> Greg, you've got two people nodding over here. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I'm going to say I, I, I don't know my, my personal answer because I, I go between was that the case? Did they actually set it up, or were they just so stupid and don't know how to put together a piece of legislation that can stand on itself? Well, let's remember we they abdicated their authority by giving all the ability to, to the Secretary of Health and Human Services to write the law, so... I think the whole intent was to implode a lot of the healthcare marketplace and the government tries to come in and save the day because at the end, let's remember a lot of the, they're the three R's, they're the three R's that are in place right now to try and bail out the insurance industry, you know, well, this, risk corridors, risk assessments and uh, reinsurance. And what's the, the dreaded uh, saying? I'm, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Exactly. So, well, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Hey, Greg, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 402-342-1290 if you want to chime in. Any final thoughts before we uh, switch gears? We've got uh, a guest coming up here in the next segment. Hey, if you want to blame somebody for this thing, man, the Cornhusker kickback guy, Ben Nelson, isn't far from uh, taking responsibility. And think about it. He he quit. He didn't even want to run for re-election because people were so mad in this state about getting the Affordable Care Act shoved down their throat. So, yeah, you can blame Ben Nelson for a lot of things, and this is one of them that you should blame him for. But the question is, how do we fix it? Well, that's why we have this show, and uh, we've got plenty of ideas. I think they should start listening to America's Healthcare Challenge. Well, we have 600, episodes, or 600 clips talking yeah, about it. And, and many more, including one great one coming up for you next here on the program. It's uh, National Disability Month here, and uh, we've got Janet Miller, from UNMC joining us uh, on the program to talk about a neat event they've got going down at uh, Stinson Park uh, here coming up at the end of this month. So she'll be joining us uh, to, to fill us in a little bit about what their organization does and maybe get you to go down there. I think you should. I'm planning on going down there. It's going to be a good time. So 402-342-1290, if you want to call uh, during the last segment, uh, we'll take uh, some calls. But coming up next, we've got Janet Miller here on America's Healthcare Challenge back right after this. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. You could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria.